Thank you for listening to the Manage Smarter Podcast. Your hosts, C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong, navigate new ways to hire, develop, and retain talent, helping your team soar to higher performance. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast. I don't know if you guys know this, but this podcast is now on the C-Suite Radio Network, and we have the founder and CEO of that here. We're going to talk about that and secrets of the C-Suite. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast. I'm Audrey Strong of Sales Fuel. And I'm Celie Smith, the president and CEO of Sales Fuel. Good day, Audrey. Hi, and hello, Jeffrey Hazlett. How are you, sir? I am doing great. You guys sound great. No wonder you're on C-Suite Radio. You sound so damn good. That's <laughs> awesome. Oh, we'll you the best for you, Jeffrey. That's right. Well, you know, we're the biggest and largest podcast network. Of course, we're the only podcast network for business. So, but that makes us the biggest and largest. But regardless, you know, we look at all the stuff we're doing, we're growing. We got like 60 podcast shows. And, you know, this weekend I was listening to you and others on Alexa. Oh, I said, Alexa, I start playing me these shows and they oh, fantastic. I, have you guys even heard yourself yet? <laughs> yeah, we've heard ourselves. I've been told we're pretty good. So <laughs> I'll, I'll just take that. We're pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. pretty good. Well, before we get into this, just for those of you who don't know, if you're out of your mind if you don't know who Jeffrey is, but let me just rattle off a few things. Good. You got to be freaking okay? nuts right. if you don't know. Right. That's yeah. right. Exactly. Television host of C Suite with Jeffrey Hazlett and executive perspectives on C Suite TV. C Suite is like a combined group, it's like blog and book club and radio and TV. So it's a, a composite of a bunch of different channels. And you also host the podcast of the All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett on the C-Suite radio portal. You are a global business celebrity, a speaker, a best-selling author, three books, right? Three bestsellers. Think three, working, yeah, working on the fourth. I was awesome. working all day yesterday. Yeah. Everybody go to Amazon and look these up. Think big, act bigger, the rewards of being relentless. Running the gauntlet and the mirror test. You're also the CEO of the Hazlett Group, and you're a former Bloomberg host. You've appeared as a guest celebrity judge on NBC Celebrity Apprentice with Donald Trump, President Trump, three seasons with that, Yeah. and led the brand transformation and the turnaround at Kodak as chief marketing officer for a number of years. Amazing to have you, and an expert on bacon. I mean, really, yeah, I, yeah. I have to right. Well, and there, that's it right there. If you're bacon, you can stop right there. So <laughs> mic drop, mic drop right there. Boom. I wonder if there's a podcast on bacon. We need to check that out. Oh, you know, there's got to be. It's just, it's just, it's just bacon sizzling. That's all it is. It's just bacon sizzling. That's right. Sell the sizzle. <laughs> hey, speaking of bacon, I got to tell you guys, I had some jalapeno bacon the other day. I'm in the Bacon of the Month Club. Someone bought me. Oh, that's awesome. And jalapeno bacon. I made a BLT out of it. Oh, is that good? Oh, there's wow. bacon festivals, you know. Have you been to any of those? Oh, yeah. It was at Bacon Fest up in um, oh, upstate New York. I went. Uh, they invited me up and I did a whole big thing on them. It was great. Well, forget the C-suite stuff. Let's just talk about food. I'm all for that. <laughs> yeah, well, we eat a lot of food in the C-suite. <laughs> trust right. me. Yeah. That's, That's right. Is that one of the secrets of the C-suite? So, Lee, we, I know that was what you want to focus on with Jeffrey. Well, yeah, there's some things I think that managers who uh, want to become members of the C-suite to yeah, need to know. And naturally, with all the people that you've interviewed, whether it be through your, your TV and, or your podcast and things of that nature, you're networking for crying out loud. Book signing. You know, that's a great question to be thinking about what it is you should do. Let me tell you what I would give you advice. If you work for me and I'm in the C-suite, and of course I've been in the C-suite at Fortune 100 company, you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, like tens and tens of thousands of people. I had a staff of like 7,500. And, and so you could, 7,500 people, you can imagine the kind of, you know, time demands are on. And that's the biggest thing for C-suite executives. You know, we're not the smartest people in the room. Our job is to be the most strategic people in the room. Mm -hmm. 
and the biggest thing that we've got is time. And when you eat into it by giving us minute kind of bullshit kind of stuff, mm -hmm. that's a killer right there. We get it. We see it. We, we know the reasons why. Just tell us what's going on and then give us the solution. So the biggest thing you can do for me is to protect my time and give me the gift of time. And to do that, you should be prepared when you walked in. Don't You don't need a lot of chit-chat. I don't need to know all about all that stuff. We don't care. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I care about you as a person and so forth. Don't get me wrong. But we are just crushed every day that one of the best things you can do is, yeah, is do that. You know, And I got to tell you guys, I think you'll get a kick out of this. I remember when I first joined Kodak as the CMO. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm going to go hang out with the CEO all the time. We're going to have meetings together. It's going to be a kumbaya. <laughs> no, 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 never happened. And what I learned was I maybe saw him or the rest of the executive team once or twice a month, maybe. Wow. Maybe. And we didn't, guess what? We didn't email each other every day. Hmm. You know what I mean? I maybe got four emails and half of those were, hey, I'm going to see you for dinner or you know something like that, which means is I'm expected to do my job. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to check in with you every five minutes. You don't want me checking in every five minutes. Just know that that's part of my conditions of satisfaction. We talked about that before we got on this interview, but the, you know, uh, my job is to get that done and do it. Yeah. I kind of feel like once you reach that level that, you know, it's not my job to, to tell you what to do. It's your job to kind of tell me what to do. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. You, you hit it right on the head. And so, and the more you can do that, the more valuable you are to me and the more valuable you are to the people in the C-suite. So it's about, you know, a relevancy, reach, you know, and then the other piece of it is that you're reliable. You're reliable. Mm -hmm. I guess the two words I would use probably more importantly, be reliable and competent. Mm -hmm. That's what I want to know from you. And that builds trust. That builds the trust. Selling to the C-suite would seem to have the same qualifiers. Sounds to me. Oh, yeah. Efficient, you, come in, do the pitch. You know, you, you had elevator pitch, get it done. Exactly. You got 118 seconds. You got eight seconds to capture my attention and 110 seconds to close the sale. So don't waste any time. I mean, that's what you got. You got eight mm -hmm. seconds to, to get the hook and 110 seconds to tell me what's your value. Outside of that, I'm not paying attention. I'm gone. And by the way, if you've sent me slides ahead, I've read through them all. I looked through them all. Mm -hmm. I spent my time. Let's get to the point. You know, I used to practice. Here's a great thing for the C-suite. It's called the Moses rule. Okay, you write this down, everybody. It's called the Moses I'm rule. I'm chiseling it on a tablet right now. That's exactly <laughs> right. If Moses can do it in two PowerPoint slides of five bullet <laughs> points each, okay? Yeah. And, and he had something a lot harder to sell. You can do the same thing. Mm -hmm. So I used to tell my team, when you're coming in and pitching a complex idea or you're pitching a new campaign, you got two slides. Nice. Bullet points each, no more than seven words per line. That's it. That's all you got. And by the way, if you can't sell it in that amount of short amount of time, mm -hmm. you yeah. can't sell it. You, you don't understand it well enough. Exactly right. Mm -hmm. Or it's not a big enough problem or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, you know, most people like to come in with these 48 page PowerPoint presentations and an hour long. And the oh, logo, God. by the way, you mentioned, you know, salespeople, they come in and that they have the wrong logos. <laughs> they, you know, they haven't, they haven't read through my annual report, you know, or they come in and say stuff like these to come to me. Salespeople would come to me, sales the teams to help you know help you with your sales. I can save you thousands of dollars, dude. Shut the hell up. If you if that's all you can save me, I, you just cost me more than that. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. tell me how you can save me millions of dollars. Now you got my attention because my budget's seventeen billion. So now tell me how many millions you can save me. And then, by the way, after you tell me that, I'm going to ask you, what's your reliability in delivering that for me? Meaning, 
Tell me your experience in this particular domain that would lead me to believe that you can deliver on what you just said. Yeah, give me the proof. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. there's that little issue called fulfillment. <laughs> so that's an example of a good eight-second hook. Do you have any others that would might be a good eight-second hook that you've heard? Well, you know, here's what I do. I have a company called Tallgrass, which is a public relations firm. And it, the slogan for the company is, if you want to run with the big dogs, you got to learn to piss in the tall grass. <laughs> All right. So that's our opening line. But usually we just say, this is what we say. We only work with high growth companies. There you go. Mm -hmm. And then we shut up. Then we shut up because then they either have to make a commitment to tell me they're not high growth or they're high growth. So if they ask me what's high growth company, well, you're not high growth. So if they have to ask me, I don't remember. But usually what they do is they spend the next four or five minutes telling me how great they are about high growth. And that tells me that's a buying sign for me. They're trying to sell you on why you should work with them. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Turn it on its head. That's nice. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. So if I were a manager and I had to report to Donald Trump, for example, it's like, okay, what advice would you give to somebody reporting to Donald Trump? Get your resume ready. (laughs) 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 I mean, given what's going on right now, I mean, holy moly, he isn't he just batshit crazy? But you said you liked creating tension in the relationship between the C-suite and some of the employees. And he does that. Yeah, but you don't have to be crazy in the process <laughs> either, you know. And, you know, and I, there is, I think we're very clear that here was somebody that probably wasn't as prepared as he could have been for the job, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, all due respect, I, he's a friend of mine. I like him a lot. I like certain aspects of what he does. I don't like certain things, he, other things he does, but that's like, that's like most people in your family, right? That's all right. So there's good and there's bad and there's ugly, right? And then there's Uncle Tommy. <laughs> so, you know, and, uh, you know, who's full my finger. So, the, you know, in this particular case, what would I tell him? I, you, look, you have to garner his attention and then you have to state it pretty quick because he, by the way, and with Trump, he doesn't read anything. So you're going to have to be very good at, at very verbal skills. Hmm. And that's something. And you're going to have to be very confident. Because if you ever watched him, you know, on mm-hmm. the shows, you know, he would say, hey, you know, so-and-so, I'm going to fire you, blah, blah, blah. And then the guy would say, Mr. Trump, this is why you shouldn't fire me. And that person would be so eloquent in their conversation and in their forcefulness of the argument that he would say, you know, you're right. And then he'd fire the other guy. Wow. So, you know, so that's one of the things you learn with him. But yeah, in that case, but I'd still say I, what I would do is probably get your resume ready. <laughs> yeah, so 48 slides definitely would not fly there. Don't, <laughs> no. write me a, don't send me an email. That's a dissertation. I've had that happen to me just this morning, as a matter of fact. Drives me nuts. Did I read it? Heck no. Well, heck, my, you, you, I read my. I only read what's in the screen. There you go. Mm-hmm. So if, you, if it's not in the screen, my team knows that I probably didn't scroll down to read it. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's such a thing as writing for a mobile just whatever the first, remember they said Blackberry emails, you write just two sentences because that's yeah. all it's going to show. What's a Blackberry? Yeah. I know. Yeah, I don't Sorry. know. I, you know, Blackberry had the good. Well, film, man, there you go. So, but the Blackberry, you know, they had the greatest app of all time. They just didn't convince people of it. Yeah. It was a, it was a keyboard. No, it was a key. Yeah, Palm Pilots. <laughs> the key. Oh, I love Palm Pilots because Palm Pilots, <laughs> you could steal other people's information real quick in a meeting. Oh, wow. Remember, it used to be Palm Pilot used to have that no. beaming function. Yeah, they had a beaming yes. function. Yes. So one time, I can tell you, I was in a big big negotiation with Adobe, and we were at the table, and this guy was beaming this thing across, but my Palm Pilot was picking up all, this, all, the, oh. all the comments. You're like stealing and, signs from the second baseman. It was like so <laughs> stupid. Well, it wasn't. I was just sitting there. It was just coming across. God. 
So Manage Smarter is the name of the podcast. Let's say we have aspirational listeners Mm -hmm. that want to become a part of the C-suite, but they're not quite there. Maybe they're middle management and they're managing up and managing down. How do they get to where they need to be? Sell your value. Deliver and sell your value. That's really simple. Mm -hmm. You know, and and, and sometimes it's a little politics. Let's don't get us wrong. I mean, we're all human beings, but Mm -hmm. but by and large, if you you show the value and deliver the value and sell that value, you're going to win. You're going to survive. But with meaningful metrics. The metrics have to be meaningful to who you are. Well, but the value value has to be tied to what we're driving for the company, right? Yeah. Or to our values of our values, right? So if it's not, if you're if you're just you know chalking up things that don't mean anything, well, who the hell would do that? That's kind of stupid. Yeah. But you can tell the superstars fairly quickly. You can see who's going to who has that and who doesn't. It's not tough to weed that stuff out inside operations. So. What are the top three qualities that you see that you go, that's that person? That person's a star. Oh, man. Usually mood is number one. They got the right attitude, right mood. There you go. Because uh, mm-hmm. you got the worst mood. I don't care how, you know, how good you are. It, it's a killer. It's a downer. So mood is a big thing. The other thing is I look for tenacity or what I call relentless. You know, when I wrote my last book, Think Big, I figure the rewards of being relentless. I look for people who get knocked down and get back up. Okay. So, and the reason is, look, you know, everybody, it's a big thing now in Silicon Valley to say, hey, let's fail. Fail fast. Like failing fast, that just sucks. Sucks. You know, you're a loser if you fail. Now, let's be clear. You're going to fail. No matter what you do in business, you're going to fail at some level or another. Even in your own personal life, ask your wife out for the very first time when you're dating. She said, no, I had to ask her like 12 times, you know. So, you know, you're going to fail. But the key thing is to be relentless in the, in the pursuit of the excellence that you're doing. But the key is to win fast. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking for people who are winning fast. And last but not least, I look for people who win. That's it. I mean, who get it done, deliver it and deliver it on time and better than that. And they you know, better than they expected. That's, I think, the three biggest ones I'd look for. Love it. You want to talk about the conditions of satisfaction? You guys have differing opinions on what these three conditions should be. Well, I think everybody has their own conditions of satisfaction. Yeah. Oh, right? yeah. 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 So I th- conditions of satisfaction are what I call promises between each other. So mutual conditions of satisfaction is a promise. So what's my promise to you? If you work for me, I've got promises. I'm going to do certain things for you. And then you're going to have promises to me. So what are those? So, you know, for me personally, I have three of them. I have, you know, it's about, you know, learning more. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's a real key thing for me. I like to learn. So I want to do things that are interesting, exciting, something I can get from it. I, I want to build wealth for me and my family. That's another one. I, you know, it's how, you know, I, you know, making money is how we keep score. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, uh, I, and I want my family and my grandkids to have a, a better life than what I did. And so I want to build that legacy, whatever that might be. And it doesn't have to be like a billionaire or, you know, quite frankly, it doesn't have to be a millionaire. It's just about, you know, helping them advance their life. Oh, fantastic. Looks like we got a fire alarm here. And awesome. Oh, wow, that's fantastic. Well, that sounds like fun, which I think is your third condition of satisfaction, if I remember yeah, correctly. It is fun. Yeah. <laughs> I love this, guys. I love that they just come on and don't even warn anybody about it. That's this is all right. New York. This is freaking New York. This we is what happens. That's right. Understanding yeah. listeners. So. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> now, Lee, well, what are your conditions? Well, mine, of course, is build wealth as well, because like I'm I'm an investor. So if I'm going to invest in this company or invest in things in general, whatever, it's like I want to get return out of it, obviously, because that tells me that I chose wisely. 
but it also is for the same reasons Jeffrey mentioned where it was like, I, I want what's best for my family and, and, and for me, but I also just want to be able to look back and kind of say, yeah, I, I did all I could, which is really my number two thing, which is to realize the full potential of myself, my company, and my employees. I want everybody here to realize their full potential and develop them to that fact. And if I haven't done that, then I don't feel like I've fulfilled my mission. And I, my last one is, is, is unique to me. It's like, I, like, I want to have the, the freedom to be creative. I want to be able to, be, to solve problems, identify problems and solve problems in a way that they've never been solved before and think about things differently than other people have. And I really can't do that if I'm worried about this month's sales numbers or worried about payroll taxes or, you know, or the fire alarm going off at three o'clock every <laughs> afternoon. So, you know, for me, those are my three. That's cool. That's very cool. One thing I did want to ask you, we tried to do 20 minutes, so I want to be sure to ask you about this, Jeffrey, before uh, cryptocurrency. You wanted us to talk a little bit about that. Well, yeah, it's a lot. I mean, it's a hot topic. I think this is an area where you want to be excited, but you also want to be very guarded Mm -hmm. in what you do. It's going to be big. It's going to continue to be bigger. I think uh, blockchain is the, you know, a lot of people, when they start talking about crypto, they also get it mixed up with blockchain, but two different things, Mm -hmm. although they're tightly connected. I think blockchain is the bigger opportunity for us in the future, but crypto is going to take a little bit longer for us to figure out and figure out what works well. But without question, we're on the beginning of the new internet. And uh, with both the cryptocurrency and with the blockchain technology. So you want to start paying attention to this. This is, you know, 1993 all over again. And when Netscape first got started and when all these other companies that you don't even know now are no longer around but made billionaires of people. That's what we're seeing right now. There's no doubt about it. So I'm working with a lot of different companies in this space, both in terms of crypto and blockchain, working to put boards together, helping them with their ICOs, ITOs that they're doing, uh, raising funds for them and putting the right kinds of things and governance in place so that they run a very good company and that they're going to go to the next level. But you're going to see, wow, it's just going to be amazing. So I heard you speak a few years ago. It was about, uh, well, what happened over at Kodak. And you talked a lot about, about, you know, they still thought that they were in the film industry and that they were slow then to react to the changes in the marketplace there. And if people didn't want to cannibalize themselves and like, what sectors of business right now actually are about to have a Kodak moment? I think Apple's one of those companies that's getting there. You know, where they forget reasons why they're doing things. They're not driving the innovation that they need to. They're just being a product company. So I think that they've really come down a lot in terms of what they're certainly Qualcomm and a few others. I would say that, you know, I mentioned Palm Pilot, but Qualcomm's really in the chip chip making business today. Mm-hmm. And those, they're tougher business. You know, I'm going to have a new book coming out in the this next year called The Hero Factors, what sets these companies apart from all other companies, both in innovation, their operational excellence, their values, the way they treat their people, the way they treat their customers. And I think we need have to have more of that. We need to get back to our basics of what we want to do and understand that, that we have responsibilities as companies to grow great companies. And, you know, at Kodak realized years ago, and this was a mistake they made, you know, decades and decades and decades ago. In fact, people say, how? Hey, how did they ever go bankrupt a couple of years ago? I said, well, it wasn't a couple of years ago. It was back in 1975 because they really forgot what they were. When, they, when Steve Zassen invented the digital camera, they should have embraced that, rushed to it, you know, get behind it. Instead, they pawned it off on Apple like, you know, all the, you know, a grace of an anaconda choking a chicken. I mean, it was just, it was, it was just, it was terrible. 
because they were in what I called uh, M3I squared. They were about make, manage, and move images and information. That's really what they were, the core. They, they had the core technologies of imaging science and material science, and they came together at that apex to make, manage, and move images and information. Uh, they had the most patents in the world around imaging. In fact, almost anything you can think of that deals with imaging, Kodak invented it. Mm-hmm. I mean, hunts, not hundreds, tens of thousands of patents, tens of thousands of patents. You know, I once joked wow. that yeah. I used to do a thing around April Fool's, you know. Oh, goodness gracious. You said the magic word, Jeffrey. Congratulations. <laughs> you win $1 million and a new car. Yeah, no. <laughs> He's cracking up. <laughs> He's cracking up and has muted himself. A new car. <laughs> oh my gosh was that oprah you get a car you get a car you get a car you get a car you get i think she should run for president by the way because you can imagine what that was like you get a job you get a job you get a job people yeah. weren't happy with the cars because they didn't realize they had to pay the taxes oh, every, time, every time i start talking about kodak that alarm goes off what the heck is it we better stop talking the <laughs> folks <laughs> in rochester are listening right now oh, yeah. i apologize here uh, my, i guess they're we're doing our annual Smoke alarm testing here in my office in New York. So there you go. Well, I don't see smoke in the background there. So I think you're good. No, no, that's, that's pretty good. So anyway, well, you know, but, you know, but by the way, I want to get back to this Kodak thing. Had they, you know, everybody says, you know, why did they go bankrupt? Why did they go bankrupt? They failed to realize what kind of company they were. Mm-hmm. And I think that's real key. If they, if they knew they were about make, manage and move image and information, they would have known that that was really the true business that they were in. And so they would have grasped that. They would have taken that. They would have run with it. Yeah. Well, it's c-c-suitenetwork.com, which is sort of the network's homepage for the radio and the TV and the book club and all the other great stuff on the blog. Yeah, you can find us now at c-suitenetwork. Dallas, C-Suite Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. Type in your city name. We're in 40. Now we have 40 different sites now that we're driving. We're in 40 different communities as we're driving with our Hero Club. Our C-suite advisors, our C-suite radio hosts, just like yourselves. We got 60. We'll be at 100 very soon. We're expanding it like crazy. We're looking for great talent, uh, just like we have right here on this show. And and then we have C-suite TV, C-suite book club. It's it's a real network, and you can tell. You just go to c-suitenetwork.com, yeah. and you can find everything there. And if somebody wants to get a hold of you personally, what's your preferred way that people reach out to you? Whatever way you want. Okay. Yeah, send me bacon. It's always a good idea. Uh, or scotch. Scotch is good. Scotch, awesome scotch yeah, with good. bacon. You've got yourself a winner right there. Oh, yeah, well, exactly. I had that jalapeno sandwich, the oh. bacon sandwich the other day with a little glass of scotch. That's pretty good. Yeah. So anyway, you can reach me anywhere. LinkedIn, Twitter, you name it. Your social media of choice. You can find me. You can see me at my website, hazel.com. Find me at C-Suite Network. Look, if you can't find me, you're dead. You're not looking. You don't have a pulse. Yeah. Yeah, You're not looking. Thanks for joining us today, Jeffrey. We really appreciate it. We're so proud to be a part of the network, and it's so great to finally have you on. Thanks again. And we are honored to have you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.